This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome to Indie Incursion and Indie Games Podcast, your weekly source for all the indie games news you want to know and love. This week we're bringing you four different indie game news or news stories, with the exception of all of the awesome ones we've got down in ga in a freaking news cram. Because apparently I can't remember what our own segments are called. I will introduce myself as Von Hyde, one of your co your hosts in general or co-hosts. I'm one of the co-hosts and. I want to introduce you to my illustrious, the biggest of Josh boys. That's my other. Co- that's the other co-host. Because I'm trying to rush through this as fast as possible. It's a little weird. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Do you want to explain why you're rushing through? <laughs> yes. So the, the just an amazing thing that happened. We get 30 minutes into this podcast, and I realize, hey, guess what? I have not been recording any audio the entire time because I was recording the output of my speakers, which was nothing. So that's fun. Audacity is fun. Second time I fucked up audio this week. It's <laughs> it's it's amazing. Uh, but. Let's talk about what you've been playing this week, Big Josh. But just to let you guys know, we're going to be running through a decent amount of this stuff pretty quickly, kind of at a breakneck pace, because we have already been talking for 30 minutes. So <laughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about what you've been playing. All right. So I'll talk about... Uh, I'll, I'll cut it short to just one of them this time, and I'll talk about the other one next week. Um, so the first one uh, that I talked about before, I was so rudely interrupted by your <laughs> malfunctions, um, <laughs> was Children of Morda. So last week we talked about them doing a limited demo, essentially. Um, and what they did was they put the game out, what seems like the entire game, or at least as much of the game as they would have had for that amount of time frame. Um and they basically just said, okay, go ahead and play it and see what it's like. And it was actually really interesting because it was very similar to your normal roguelike where you go in, you uh, essentially start off very weak, you try to learn uh, you know, what are your abilities, what are the enemies like, what's happening in this world. And every time you die, you essentially have to start over again and you're like, oh man, this sucks. But instead, what they do is they put these nice little narrative beats in the middle of each of those. So it's a full-fledged story where essentially you're this family who, it was kind of weird. I Like I said, I only played it for that limited amount of time. So I'm not 100% sure on the story, but essentially there's this weird demon or curse that's coming through to your village and as this family you're trying to essentially get rid of it um and so what's happening is each time you fail or each time you complete uh, a small side quest or thing inside the game the story at the end when you come back will then play a new beat so even if you fail and you progress nothing from a a story perspective you keep failing at the same boss over and over again the story 
and the game will essentially continue through as if you had done something useful, giving you sort of a sense of progression and a palate cleanser of, okay, I might not have had have done something, but I'm getting somewhere in the game by constantly continuing. So what I mean by that is I had failed at the first boss a couple of times, and each time something new would generally occur. And one of the things that happened was one of the characters in the family, uh, an uncle had made knives for one of the, the younger sons. And so you're like, oh, cool, this might mean that I'm going to get to play as this new character. And then essentially the mother says, oh, no, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. She goes on this whole tangent about how she can't have her baby out there in the wilderness, yada, yada. Um, But at the same time, you know that, okay, well, eventually that will happen. It's just you need to play a couple more times so that you'll eventually unlock that story beat that will have her being like, oh, okay, fine, you can go. And then you'll be able to play the character. So it, it gives it a sense of progression, and it gives it a, a good feeling for those who might not be veterans to the roguelike genre, or those who might not be as well-versed in video games as far as the mechanic side of it. So it, it gives you a good progression side where, okay, I might be failing at this, but I'm still getting further into the story and then every time you go into it you're collecting gold and you're able to upgrade your characters where over time you'll get slowly stronger and stronger and then eventually for the most case you should be able to have an easier time beating these different levels and getting farther into the story yeah the nicest thing that you talked about was the fact that you actually feel like you're you're kind of getting something um because of that like the 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 narrative that's being shown even though you might have been defeated the fact that you get that narrative bit is really really nice i like that a lot i'm very excited for children of morta especially because i want to see how the like the family grows in the dynamic between the different characters i'm really excited to just kind of have this weird like brady bunch-esque game but also like this action roguelike game i'm I'm very excited for Children of Morda. I can't wait for September. Yeah, it was really interesting, actually, because I, I I liked the way they did the overworld. So one of the things about the family is you get to play as, you know, those multiple characters. But you only start off with the first two, which is the father and the daughter. And it's you get to play as a girl with bow and arrows, and you get to play with a guy who has a sword and shield. And that's really all you know, in most roguelikes you would get is you get to pick the character and then you go through different worlds. But essentially what this is, is you have a teleporter where you're picking what area you want to go to. But if you don't click the teleporter and you click back outside of the door, you'll go back to essentially just the giant house. And inside the house, you'll see all of the different family members kind of walking around and doing their own thing as if they would like normal so you're kind of just watching them uh either sitting uh on a bed playing a violin or like the little girl is drawing uh paintings um the uncle is in his uh workshop basically working on just whatever he's working on he's tinkering away at things and so each one of them has their own narratives that they're basically talking so you'll kind of just watch and they'll start saying things throughout the world that you can read or if there's a a major story beat there will be like a little bubble around them and you'll click them and a narrative piece will start and it might be like a cutscene or just some dialogue that's specific to the storyline itself 
Yeah, if you guys can't tell from the way I have spoken about this game, I did not play the demo. I forgot about it. <laughs> so I'll just have to wait for the full release of the game. Uh, the games that I've been playing this week, I've actually been, I forgot to say on the one that now does not exist. Um, I actually played, I'm, I'm hopping back into The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, but the indie <laughs> game I've played is called Ambitions of the Slimes. It is a, like, tactical um, it's, it's a tactical tile based game where you actually play as slimes instead of playing as like the warriors and such. And their goal is to take control of the opposing force or kill them. Um, but the coolest thing about it is your slimes are so absolutely terrible at combat that the way you actually defeat or you kind of win battles is taking over the enemy team and using them to actually kill the enemy the nicest like the weirdest thing about it and the thing that i love the most other than the slimes designs themselves and the uh, mix between the overworld kind of like the tactical uh setting where it's 8-bit and then it goes to like a 32 or 16-bit when you're in battles um the thing I love the most is actually the animation of your slime jumping down your enemy's throat and then their eyes go red and they become like your character. I really, really like that. Um, but there's all sorts of awesome games. I bought this for like two bucks. Awesome games, uh, indie games are on sale on the Nintendo Switch right now. I definitely recommend you guys check them out. Um, we actually do cover that later in News Cram, but I figure I'd just say it now because why not? I mean, I have unlocked the key to playing video games on my Nintendo Switch, and it is playing them while watching mindless TV, like Scrubs, the TV show, will what, which will come up later in this podcast. But before we get to that, I want to hop into our first news story. This is over on Game Informer. It is written by Elise Favis or Favis, something like that. It is Risk of Rains 2. Oh, dude. I think I, I messed it up again. I said the wrong thing again. <laughs> I'm the worst <laughs> of these. Uh, Risk of Rain 2's Scorched Acres update arrives this week. Risk of Rain 2 is getting a significant content update next week. The first of its kind since its launch on Steam Early Access in March. Titled Scorched Acres, this update brings new gear, a new stage, new boss, and an all-new survivor named Rex, who has robotic legs. His special abilities make use of both his plant and robotic features. He... Uh, <laughs> he can throw darts at enemies and use a mortar, but it costs health. He can also place a seed on the ground that grows into vines and nearby enemies will be forced to heal Rex if they are in the area of effect. Scorched Acres arrives in two days on June 25th, which by the time of this recording and by the time of it posting, you will already be able to play as Rex. How do you feel about this, Big Josh Boy? Are you going gonna to go play Rex immediately? He looks weird. I've seen pictures. It looks like a flower <laughs> with robot legs. It looks odd. I mean I think that's exactly what they're going for. And yes, this is probably going to be one of the first things that I do right after this podcast is jump on Risk of Rain 2 because I'm super excited for it. I've played a ton of Risk of Rain 2 since it first came out, kind of burnt myself out, uh, as well as all of my buddies who played it with me. They kind of stopped playing and I hate playing games by myself. So I've just been waiting until new content's coming out. So now I'm finally at the point where I can be like, hey, there's new stuff. We got to play it. So I'm, I'm super hyped. I, I definitely like the new character because he has that mechanic that 
like was said in the article, essentially his abilities are going to be useful, but at the same time can hurt him because they'll cost health. But the compromise to that is him having in his auto attack, I believe it's every third attack heals him. So I, I really want to see how this character plays out and how the new relics and different items that you can pick up, how they'll fit into his kit, um, as well as how those new items are going to affect the gameplay for the other characters. So I'm really excited for it. I love Risk of Rain, and I think it's an awesome game that if you haven't played it, everyone should pick it up, and this is definitely another reason for it. Speaking of fitting in items, I actually forgot to give our little housekeeping segment. I want to let everybody who's listening to this know that we have, uh, for the first year, or the 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 one-year anniversary of Parallax Media, we have launched t-shirts. You can go to parallaxmedia.one, click on the merch tab. You'll be brought to the Teespring page where you get some awesome t-shirts. We've got the It's a Banger shirt. We have the Ghost of Vaughn t-shirt and there's the awesome just parallax media t-shirt these designs were all created by zoe um one of the great authors and kind of just designers overall over at parallax media because she actually made the india incursion logo for me that really cool like alien with the uh, claw game i really like mm-hmm. the that design i think it looks really cool i really really enjoy the ghost of von high t-shirt i think it's hilarious and i do like that on the back of each of the like it's a banger and von t-shirts it actually has the at indie pod i think that looks really good and i really like them so those ones are over on teespring if you guys want to pick those up make sure you do they look good i'm actually really excited about it. i'm gonna buy one i'm i i, I think it might but be weird one? But which one? The ghost, dude. Gonna, I gotta. I'm not gonna, gonna, gonna rep the banger. I'm you not gonna, gonna rep, rep the, the banger. I said it on the recording that got screwed up. But <laughs> what was it? I, I said it. You can't argue with the logic that it is certified 100% a banger every episode. Yeah, and I still cannot argue with that logic. It's it's solid. It's almost as solid as the weapons you'll use in Streets of Rogue, Josh. I'm sorry we're moving so quickly, but I've got to. (laughs) Uh, Our next news story is over on Game Informer. It is Streets of Rogue exits early access for full release this July. I didn't mess it up that time. I'm really glad. Uh, I know. I almost, what was it? Streets of Rogue eggs? (laughs) I don't even know. The first time, yeah, it came out as eggs or something weird. I I don't get it. This is also written by Elise Favis or Avis, whatever her name is. Uh, so it is getting a full release on July 12th on the Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. But I'm going to let Josh explain what exactly the game is mostly because uh, he probably does a better job than this. But I know you can play as a monkey, which is cool, or an ape. <laughs> an ape. <laughs> I said yeah. a monkey both times, and I keep both forgetting times. it's an ape. It's it's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah, so essentially this game is very similar to what you would expect from a roguelike where you're going through, you're starting off with a base kit, you're trying to complete some kind of quest or some mission and get from one level to the next. But the cool thing about this is there's a basic story where essentially the mayor has kind of gone crazy and has made these weird stipulations and you're moving from the slums all the way up to the city which is a nice and rich and secure area that becomes harder and harder to go through but the cool thing about streets of rogue is it's essentially play your own way based on the character you pick so 
you can play as an ape, like we talked about, and you can run in and you can just beat stuff up and destroy everything and have a, a grand old time trying to complete any of the missions that they throw your way. Now, the problem is the missions in each level are randomly generated, and they can be anything from assassinate someone, which is great for the ape who just needs to run in and beat someone up. But it might also be something like go into this area and turn off a bunch of um, terminals. It might be find something that's hidden in a safe or trade with someone. It might be escort someone out of a certain area. And as an ape, certain of those quests might not be great for you because you can't really talk to people um, and actually bargain with them. Whereas if you were a bartender, you might be able to haggle with someone and trade a drink for the item that you need. Um, so there's a ton of different classes which makes this so unique and a ton of different items that make this game goofy and what it is. So the different kinds of classes you can play are things like a vampire, a zombie, uh, a cannibal, um, a gang member, uh, a doctor, a scientist, a hacker. There's a whole bunch of different characters that all have their different perks, their different unique abilities, and in that each time you're going through you'll also unlock additional abilities with each level and each uh, amount of experience that you gain so there's so many different variations to how you're going to play this game and what you'll have to go through to get to that final area of meeting the mayor and either killing him to become the mayor or tricking him to then give him give i think it was he has to give you his hat and then you win but you have to like trick him to do that uh, i forget exactly how you do that but Basically, you have to go through all of these hoops and, and ladders to, to get to that point, and it's just a lot of fun. It's an awesome game that you really got to try out, and you got to watch to really see how goofy and weird it, it really does get because of some of those items are just very strange um, from being things like pills that turn you tiny to things like a boombox that will make everyone in the city just start randomly dancing, um, which is really great because sometimes things can get very hectic in the later levels when there's like 20 people chasing you. Um, but it's a lot of fun and it's, it's something that's awesome that it's actually coming out, especially to consoles for those who don't have a PC and want to play it. Uh, this is another one. We said it before. You definitely have to get this on the switch or somewhere from a console perspective because you need to play this. So do you get to, do you know your objective of your gameplay experience before you pick a character or nope. Oh shit! So nope, you could totally just random. you could just get boned. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so the thing is, it's not like the end of the world if if you have some that are a little bit harder. That's generally what's going to happen because there's obviously pros and cons to each character that you have. But you have to work with the items that you're given, with the perks that you get. So you might get something like. Um, a character who doesn't generally have people that follow him, but you might get a perk that everyone in the city is uh, fond of you. So basically, if you get in a fight, sometimes they'll help you randomly because they're like, hey, I like that guy. Stop beating him up. So there's different things that will help you get through it, um, but you just have to play to your strengths, really, with the characters that you pick. That's awesome. That sounds pretty sweet. Uh, so our next news story is actually staying over on Game Informer. We have a lot of Game Informer news stories this week. It's kind of crazy. So. Uh, our next news story is written by Imram Khan, and it is Bloodstained Bug Prevents Progress. Players may need to restart. This is kind of the worst news ever, really, from 
any yeah. game, let alone a Metroidvania, where you have to put in like a massive amount of hours. Uh, so with the release of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, fans have been eager to delve deep into the new Metroidvania made by former Castlevania producer Koji Igarashi. Unfortunately for some of those fans, however, a nasty glitch may have turned their play playthrough into a nightmare scenario through a recent patch hopefully fixes uh fixes it for new players so to explain what happens with this bug you actually go through the game and there are certain treasure chests that you're supposed to get certain items that allow you to progress the story but if you get this bug it actually makes these chests it spawns them as already being open so you cannot actually grab the items which means you can no longer progress and sadly the only way that you can fix this is by downloading this 1.02 patch i believe and then restarting the game that that seems to be it right now you you like no matter what if this happens to you, seemingly you're going to have to restart. Um, so, 505 Games went on the record and said, We investigated a number of options to address this issue, and each fix requires a new game to be started. Despite our efforts to provide a fix that provi uh, uh, preserves pre-1.02 progress, this is the best solution to avoid future issues, publisher 505 Games said in a statement. Xbox One players will also be affected by this when the 1.02 patch is delivered next week. Switch players who have a physical copy should download the 1.02 patch before playing. Um, so they recommend you download the patch and you restart, which really, really sucks. Hopefully, they eventually come up with a new way for this to, to be fixed, I guess. <laughs> Just sometime <laughs> down the line, I hope that they fix it. Um, I'm honestly kind of glad that I didn't enjoy the game that much from what I played. Because it would have sucked so much if I got so far into this game and then ended up getting this bug where all these chests were open and having to restart. I just wouldn't. I'd, I'd just not play anymore. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much right there with you. This goes into that whole, like, sometimes the hype is better to wait for. Um, a lot of people, at least I've heard it a lot, um, where people will say, you know what, even though a game is coming out and it's super exciting, sometimes it's better to just wait. And this is an exact example of why, like, the way games are built nowadays, like, they're made so that things are going to screw up on the first, like, week or so. Usually not this bad, though, but this is a good example of, like, why sometimes it's better to just wait. <laughs> yeah, it seems like a lot of, like, games media personalities have, within the past couple years, pretty much since the rise of, um, like, games as a service, they've come out and said don't play games at launch because you're basically beta I mean, testers you're paying beta yeah, testers that's it which is like it's really interesting because there's like you know reviews that are coming out already before that so did they just not get to that point so was for bloodstained i don't believe there actually was um I'll, oh, because really? yeah on a bunch of like i was listening to kind of funny games daily and it had it was uh with andrea and greg and somebody mm -hmm. wrote in and asked why no big news outlet actually had a review for bloodstained um yeah. and possibly why and it was like a day or two after its release um and i mm -hmm. believe that's because no one actually got codes until like 
late the day before it was supposed to come out like the the video yeah. that i did for handsome phantom um i couldn't record like anything for it until basically like right before the game was going to come out right yeah no and i and i get that but like there's reviews for it now like <laughs> that's true so I, uh i'm this i should we should preface this with saying that it's been I think like a week since this game came out. So it's, it's possible that like reviewers didn't get the bug. It's possible that they did. Um, I, yeah, I, I don't really know. It really sucks that this happened to people, especially I've heard that some people were like, uh, on the same games daily episode. I believe some people wrote in to say that they were like 20 hours in like a deep, like double digits into this game. And then they could not open a chest because there's no, there's no way I would keep playing. I don't, like that that pumps the brakes so hard. There's no way. I would just drop a game that does that. I I can't imagine being that invested into something and then being told, "Okay, well now do it all over again even though you've made no progression further." Yeah, the the only way that I would honestly play it if that happened was I would like a DLC or something would have to drop. I would stop playing and then a yeah. DLC or just something special would have to get me back into that game. And then I would restart it, B- but there's yeah. no way that I would restart it immediately. It's just, I don't think there's many people who actually would. Yeah, no, I would just probably drop it and then hope that, you know, maybe months down the road that something comes out that fixes it. But I just, I feel like, especially 20 hours in, it's just such a long time to really, (laughs) to invest, to then be told, okay, well, you're done now. So speaking of just shitty stuff happening with Bloodstained Curse or Ritual of the Night, now we're moving on to our last news story, this over on IGN, written by Colin Stevens, and it is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night devs shifting resources to improve performance on the Nintendo Switch. So... Lots of people have been saying, uh, and as this article goes on to say, fans have been reporting performance issues for the Nintendo Switch version of Bloodstained Ritual of the Night and developer Art uh, Art Play announced it is immediately shifting resources to improve performance and stability on the Nintendo Switch. They announced it on Twitter. The statement reads, We have been listening to the feedback regarding Switch performance. Our goal is for everyone, regardless of platform, to be able to enjoy the game and have have it run smoothly we want to live up to your and our expectations throughout the qa process we have been at been addressing performance issues in the game update 1.01 was published to switch prior to launch uh, to add content and improve performance it did not accomplish as much as we'd hoped and we need to do more so i mean i feel weird pointing this out but seemingly they knew that it was not yeah. going to be good on Switch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they just admitted it that they like they were basically trying to patch it before the game even came out on the Nintendo Switch because they knew that it was so bad. Mhm. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, the statement goes on to say, we will have more details as we dive into the work. We thank you for your patience and apologize for the inconvenience to address the concerns brought to uh, brought by the community. We are immediately shifting resources to improve performance and stability for the Nintendo Switch. You can expect a number of small updates that will improve different areas of the game rather than waiting for a long waiting longer for a big update. So I think that's good that they're doing that. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but they probably should have just done better to begin with. Yeah, obviously they knew that this was not going to be good if they put at all just any resources in to fixing something that that, that literally the only port uh, the only like segment of this game that seems to be doing poorly performance-wise is this Nintendo Switch version. So they knew that something was wrong with this before they even launched it. I mean, I I think game development is really complex, and I imagine it's it's very hard to develop a game. But this is, I don't know, this is just weird. It feels uncomfortable to me, if anything. It seems like yeah. Switch players kind of got duped. I mean, first, <laughs> they got their just abysmal Wii U port canceled, and then they're like, hey, we're going to make it for the Nintendo Switch. And then they're like, yeah, but it's going to suck balls on the Nintendo Switch, so maybe you should have bought it on other consoles. But then, hey, if you got it on other consoles... Your save might have been deleted. So really, it's a lose-lose scenario. I mean, Nintendo Switch people have both the <laughs> best of both worlds. They not only have to deal with all that shitty stuff, but if they even get to that part, then they won't have their, uh, you know, their game kind of ruined. I, I, I don't know. I th- This is... I mean, I, I threw these these articles saying that we should talk about these just because, like, I mean, I hate to kind of kick them while they're down, but, man, this just sucks for <laughs> Bloodstained, like, so much. And apparently the game is, like, really good from what I've heard. Like, people who like that style of gameplay, the Castlevania pl- gameplay, like, this is very true to its name. And it really just sucks. Like, it, this is kind of one of those things where I wonder what would have been better. Like... Should they have just said, you know what, we realize that this sucks and just been like, nope, it's actually being delayed and the Nintendo Switch version isn't coming out? Or should they have gone this route and just been like, it's going to be really shitty, but, you know, we'll get to it eventually. Honestly, I imagine if they like if if they could have foreseen the fact that they would have had these save issues, I think that oh, they well, would yeah, have obviously. delayed the Nintendo Switch port. Um especially like one to just fix the save issue, but let alone the fact that like people fans are reporting uh like inconsistent frame rates, freezing, input late- latency, blurry textures, reduced graphical effects, crashing, uh, crashes, and some have even had to re-download the game. Holy shit! <laughs> it's pretty bad. Oh it's interesting, gosh. too, because it's not like... like uh, granted, this does look very nice, and graphically it is you know something that's up there, so to speak, but it's not like... Like, I don't... I don't see... I've seen other games on the Switch that are more graphically intensive that I feel like would justify that kind. But, I mean, obviously this is something more than just its graphical processing. 
Yeah, there's there's something with this. A lot of people have been talking about how like when you purchase a game on the Nintendo Switch, you you there's like a reasonable expectation that it is not going to be like graphically it is not going to be as good as the like standard console ports just because right. of the Nintendo Switch's processing power, but mm-hmm. it seems like this is much more egregious than just that. It seems like yeah. this is legitimate issues that may actually keep you from playing the game. And then if you play the game, your save might get deleted. So that's fun. Or, <laughs> or you might have to restart the game. Yeah, I, I do love... Great time all around. We didn't talk about this, but we will in News Cram, which we might as well hop into News Cram. Are you ready to get Cram, Josh? Cram, 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 Cram. So, Let's do it. first off in News Cram... Um, I feel like we should actually just talk about the bloodstain thing first since we're on the topic. Uh, we have an article <laughs> about bloodstained and like the the switch users really not liking their port of the game. It's on Game Informer is bloodstained switch owners are not satisfied with their version. Yeah, considering this IGN article, I wouldn't be either. I would be pretty yeah. pissed. Sounds about right. I would not be happy at all. Uh, So more news cram. We've got Contra Life Blazing Chrome is coming in July. This is over on Polygon. Also on Polygon, we've got, and now for the best video game trailer of the year so far, the trailer is for my friend Pedro. It's a pretty great trailer. Yeah, I like it. it. No gameplay, but the trailer looks awesome. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we've been shown the gameplay so many times. Like, it's kind of weird. My friend Pedro has the exact opposite issue that every other game had, where every other game shows massive amounts of like cinematic trailers and no gameplay. And my friend Pedro, they only show fucking gameplay. And you're like, what's the story? And it's like, I don't know. Haven't got a story trailer yet. Hey, now we finally get one. And yeah, it's just as weird as I thought it was before. Your friend is like a sentient banana and you play some freaking john wick-esque character that blows the heads off of cartel members and shit like this game looks awesome if it wasn't 25 dollars, i already would have bought it if it was only (laughs) if it was only two dollars like ambitions of the slimes i would have bought it the true poor man struggle (laughs) um now we've got one over on game informer this is cuphead dev making a zelda game would be a dream come true i think most developers would say that just i mean i i hate to discount your like your your love for zelda games but yeah i imagine most people think that i mean yeah any nintendo franchise would be amazing to well i mean i guess not any i don't know you kind of go down in history if you touch a nintendo franchise like i imagine the developers of cadence of hyrule will no matter what now they'll be like i won't say on the tip of people's tongues but they'll be remembered for the rest of gaming history as long as the legend of zelda is a thing because they made a legend of zelda game yeah kind of it's a spin-off technically but i i feel like not only is it like it's in honor as a game developer but i think it it really improves your brand if you were to work on one of Nintendo's like franchises, but yeah, I'd rather have just me. Cuphead people do a Donkey Kong game though. Yeah, yeah, the Legend of Zelda doesn't really have like tight platforming, so yeah, Donkey Kong game would be much much better, especially because like they're two D, so the two D Cuphead, it just all makes sense. Um, or a two D like uh, um, how am I forgetting? Oh my god, how am I forgetting? What's the Fox game? 
Star Fox. Yeah, I had Firefox <laughs> in my head for some reason. I don't yeah, know why. Yeah, Nintendo's a- <laughs> Mozilla Firefox. Uh, yeah, a 2D like Star Fox game, like a platformer, I think would be pretty cool. Obviously, it would be a huge departure of what Star Fox is because it's not really known for being a 2D game. Hell, it's not even really known for being like anything that's not on rails, but whatever, dude. It's Star I Fox. mean, they made that one GameCube game, like Star Fox Adventures or something. Or he got out of the ship, and it was a weird 3D adventure game where he was like attacking dinosaur people or something. I don't know. So it was, it was a bad game. If you're a Star Fox fan, this will probably piss you off. That is the only Star Fox game I've played. Oh my god, what is wrong <laughs> with you? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, the next article in Newscram is over on Twinfinity's Hardcore Mech Story uh, trailer is the most epic thing you've ever seen, uh, or it's actually you'll ever, you'll see today. But uh, I, why not just make something up? Uh, on Nintendo <laughs> Life, we've got special special reserve reveals Gris signature edition for Switch, priced at two hundred forty nine ninety nine. You know how much that costs? I'm fairly certain this thing costs just as much as the collector's edition for Cyberpunk 2077. I I'm wow. I might be wrong. I'm going to look. Cyberpunk. I'm only doing this with one hand, so it's going to take me a second. Let's let's <laughs> pop up this collector's edition. I mean, what kind of stuff is in the the grease thing? There's a big big art book, a big Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Some what are those CDs? I don't know. What's in here? Oh, it's a vinyl too. Oh, interesting. I mean, I'm there's, not saying you cool don't get cool here. stuff, but there's some cool stuff. Indie games like typically have cheaper, like cheaper priced collector's editions. Like, um, there was the uh, Moonlighter Signature Edition, which was uh, like sixty dollars, I believe, which gave you that really cool slime plush. I really liked it a lot. Um, then you have uh, what was it? Owlboy had a hundred dollar like collector's edition. Uh, Golf Story had, I believe, a hundred and fifty dollar collector's edition that came with like a trophy. Um, but yeah, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven's collector's edition is two hundred forty nine dollars. Wow. So it's the exact same I mean, price as this Gris s- signature edition. So which one are you gonna pick? Um, I honestly, I probably the only time I'll play Gris is if I buy that statue that they had, like the that uh, Devolver had on their store, because it also came with that Gris like copy. We talked about this on the podcast like three months ago or something, but it's a really cool <laughs> statue, and that that'll probably be how I play it. I I don't think I'll buy either of those collector's editions. Um, but also cool. on Nintendo Life is action adventure game Sparklight to receive gorgeous signature edition this October. Hopefully it doesn't cost $249, but you never know. Well, maybe. <laughs> also on Nintendo Life, we've got a lot of Nintendo Life ones, so just be prepared. Actually, like the next 40, I swear, just basically all of the rest of them are Nintendo Life, actually. Um, this one is Never Give Up brings death-defying Twitch platforming to 
Switch this August. Then we've got Risk of Rain 2 has been rated for the Nintendo Switch. You know what, dude? <laughs> I think I'm going to wait for the Nintendo Switch version of Risk of Rain 2. Oh, no, you fool. <laughs> <laughs> because then I won't be able to play with you. Or you'll have to buy it on Nintendo Switch to play with me. Hmm? I'll just wait until they do that cross-platform stuff. That we'll would be it. cool. That would be cool. Um, then we've got Dream Daddy arrives on the Switch eShop at the start of next month. We oh, got God. <laughs> yeah, you want to see some of those big bulbous penises? That's... Uh... So I'm looking forward to. Um, <laughs> instead what else of, do we got going on in July? <laughs> instead of those thick anime titties, you got big bulbous penises. I mean, one or the other, really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we got my friend Pedro is Devolver Digital's biggest launch to date on Nintendo Switch, which is saying something. Devolver has had some big hits on the Nintendo Switch, so that's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. um, now true. we've got reminder: get up to eighty percent off in the Switch eShop sale, celebrating indie devs down under. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, assuming these are Australian indie devs. Like this down under. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that this is actually one of the sales I was talking about that I got ambitions for the slime of the slimes through, and it was only like two bucks. So I definitely recommend it. Interesting. Interesting. Then we got. P cube maybe uh, to release more Switch eShop games physically in Europe to launch today. Sorry, yeah. my nose really itches. <laughs> <laughs> Just randomly, like right when I was saying that, my like mustache hair tickled my nose and it itched a lot. Um, oh, that's the worst. Now I've got side-scrolling hack and slash dead or school is getting a physical release in Japan. This is speaking of some anime titties right here, dude. This is uh, this is go. the story I was looking for before we started the podcast. From big bulges to big boobies. Let's go, boys. <laughs> uh, also on Nintendo Life, we've got Fly High Works host Summer Sizzlers. I don't know why I'm having such an issue with that. Uh, sale 11 Switch games discounted. Then we've got Banjo-Kazooie composer uh, Grant Kirkhop. Kirkhop, maybe? Uh, says he'd love to write music for Cadence of Hyrule. Dude, I'm telling you, everyone just wants to make a freaking I mean, Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, now that they know it's possible, every indie dev wants to get in on that. Yeah, everyone's coming out of the woodwork. They're like, hey, but like me, like I could do it. Yeah, but like... What about all the stuff I could do for you, Nintendo? Please, please, please. <laughs> uh, now we've got uh, Lines X is a relaxing puzzle game coming to Switch next week, and it's less than a dollar. That's pretty outrageous, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta pick it up. <laughs> um, is that Siberian or Kyberian? I'm going to go with Kyberian. The time-traveling warrior brings cyberpunk platforming to switch this week uh then we've got narrative driven space puzzler professor lupo and his horrible pets hit switch next month oh my gosh my mouth is so dry dude there's so many there's of these of, there's a lot this is a uh this is a news mountain i had to take a drink because this is excessive yeah this is uh this is a lot now we get to the aforementioned Bloodstained story. Bloodstained Switch owners are not satisfied with their version. This is over on Game Informer. Then we've got Gris is getting a physical release, vinyl soundtrack, and signature edition, which costs $249.99. So, pfft, suck it. Um, uh, failed, to, <laughs> failed to let you know about that part. 
uh, Lost Orbit Terminal Velocity embarks on a perilous journey to the Switch next month. This is on Nintendo Life. Then we've got Tricky Kitchen Puzzler Auto Mech Chef. Auto Mech Chef? Auto Mech Chef. Serves a taste. Sir. Uh, what? Secures, Secures the Tasty July's release on the Switch. I don't even know what I just said. <laughs> I just I just had a stroke. I um, can't wait for this one. What are you going to say for this? Zany Shmup Qyo Blaster fires on to Switch this week. Did that satisfy you? I did. I did. It was nice. Nice and <laughs> slow. <laughs> uh, projectile fighting game Lethal League Blaze expected to release in the West next month. And our last story is also on Nintendo Life, and it is Port Specialist Iron Galaxy helped, helped Phoenix Lab bring... God damn it. It's <laughs> the last one. Come on now. I know, and I'm just breaking down on this one. Uh, helped Phoenix Labs bring Dauntless to the Nintendo Switch. So, Big Josh Boy, we've been blessed with so many amazing indie games news stories today that I think it's about time we give back to the creators in our next segment, God Bless the Crowd. This is where the biggest of all Josh Boys goes into all sorts of different awesome crowdfunding sites, find some awesome indie games for us to talk about, and we do so. Uh, almost never shitting on them, actually, is unless you have this really dumb game about cows which i'm never gonna let go because <laughs> oh my god are you sure what the fuck? I'm, I'm pretty sure you might say some things about one of these games you know what i definitely will because I one know. of them is a monstrosity so <laughs> i absolutely will uh so this week and God bless the crowd. We have Orange Island, an action adventure RPG with heart, and The Adventures of Breadman, food based action <laughs> adventure RPG. So I'm gonna, you just go ahead and guess. Just a random, like, flick of the coin, uh, flick of the wrist, whatever you'd like to say. What exactly do you think I'm gonna shit on out of the two of these? Hmm? What, I mean, what do you think? Hmm? It can't possibly be The Adventures of Breadman. I mean, with such a unique story and plot. I feel like they really, really got something here. There's no, no way. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to shit on the fact that it is 2019 and people are still releasing NES carts. No, of course, it is the fucking bread game. Yes, I'm going to shit on the bread game. Uh, oh, but first, be a gross sandwich. <laughs> I want to talk about Orange Island. Uh, you hunt for artifacts and utilize magic powers on a mysterious... Uh, Pastel? Pastel? Pastel. I hate my life. Pastel hued (laughs) island in this cute 8-bit platformer. These guys are asking for $19,025. That is their goal. They're already at $25,456. It just went up as we speak. Uh, They've got 27 days left to go. They're going to reach all sorts of awesome heights with this sweet-ass game. Uh, One thing I would like to say is... To get in on their early bird, the early bird pricing on one digital copy, limit of 50, and then below it says limited uh, 31 left of 100. They're liars. They just lied to me. 100% (laughs) bold-faced lie. Yeah, a little bit. Maybe (laughs) they didn't know that they put 100. Or maybe they meant to put limit of 100. Or I I don't know I I honestly have no idea. This game looks awesome. I love the fact that you can get an NES homebrew port. I think that's so cool. I love the fact that people are doing this, like putting out awesome like NES SNES games like this late. 
I mean, I think like two years ago, somebody developed a game exclusively for like an NES cart, which mm-hmm. is by far one of the coolest things I've ever heard. And the game actually looked really cool. I can't remember anything else about it, but it looked cool. <laughs> but people are doing it. <laughs> I do hate, though, that you got to wait till they get like 49 k pounds whatever um to get the nintendo switch port and they allude to a playstation 4 port in one of their uh yeah right here um for their standard stuff it says stretch goal reward digital copy of the game for ps4 or nintendo switch so i'm wondering if the playstation 4 is secured at the 49k or is it like one of the hidden ones yeah shown yet yeah i don't know (laughs) That Which, always bothers me. I'm always curious. Yeah, I don't know. You just got to wait and see or give them money and then hope that it's something you want. That's very true. So how do you feel about this game? Are, are you going to play? Have you already tried out the demo? No, I haven't tried out the demo. I thought it looked interesting. It looks very uh, true to its nature of being an NES game. Excuse me. Um, it has a mixture of both platforming and then uh, kind of a shmup sequence randomly thrown in there which was a little weird um but it looks interesting because it it seems like they're going for more of an rpg even though there are those platformer elements to it um it it seems like it's trying to do a lot all at once um but it looks super cute and i think that from a gameplay perspective if you're you know creating this just nes style game the thing that's going to make this worth it is how they branch out from this aspect. So I, I'm not exactly 100% sure. I see that there's a number of different characters, that there's things like, you know, balancing life, magic, and items in the game. They seem to tr- be trying to have quite a number of enemies throughout since obviously this being more advanced since we're not in the time of NES, they can actually go about putting a number of enemies on the screen without lagging down the cartridge itself um which is really nice because it makes it obviously much more difficult um but i'm not 100 percent sure if this is going to be a game really for me per se um it looks super cute and to be honest the actual goal for it or not goal but the starting point of it i think is only like 15 bucks which isn't too I think bad it's to get 13 the game. oh 13 see that's even better um and I do like that the initial 13 is part of the stretch goal where if they make it, you still will be able to say, oh, from that 13, I just want the Nintendo Switch port instead. Um, so I definitely think that's a plus. But just looking at the main uh, aspect to this, I don't know if this is going to be a Josh game. I do really like that they talk about the features and they say no microtransactions or gambling. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I mean... Just to let you guys know, there are no surprise mechanics uh, seen in Orange Island. So what you get is kind of what you'd expect. It's not like an EA game by chance. Did you hear about that? The Yeah, their response. I'm just talking about the, the fucking, uh, like, what was it? I, I don't actually know who said it. I think it was like EA CEO or something like that came out and said that, like, their microtransaction and lose boxes were actually surprise surprise mechanics and they're not gambling at all or something like that yeah just trying to like reword it so like lawyer speak it to make it sound a little bit nicer (laughs) yeah i was like okay no 
think you understand what this actually is. <laughs> You're like, man, that is a surprise. Uh, but <laughs> this indie game looks really good. I This might not actually even be a game for me, even though it has some awesome pixel art. It, it looks a little odd, um, but you know what? It's only ten bucks. Um, well, kind of. It's like thirteen dollars. When it actually comes out on consoles, I will definitely pick this thing up. This isn't going to be something I need to play immediately, so I'm not worried about like, I'm I'm not worried about getting it on the Nintendo Switch kind of a thing. Right. Right. Like I can wait for this to come to Nintendo Switch or possibly PlayStation Four because seemingly mm-hmm. nobody knows if that's a stretch goal or not. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think the Nintendo Switch would really fit this game. Um, it just feels like this would be a good kind of, like we talked about before, sit down, have TV on kind of half play, half watch and go through. Um, that being said, the actual RPG side to it and like narrative side to this might be a little bit more than you're getting from just these, you know, still images and gifs. Um, but I don't know. It, it definitely seems like one of the more like wait kind of things for me especially since i know that it got backed this might be one of those things where i just wait until i see some crazy discount and then say oh you know what maybe i'll pick it up that's true i feel like if i actually really like this game i need to like back it just so it gets a console port <laughs> right exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. which is kind of weird i really like its art style especially in like which is weird i like the art style the most when it's kind of their concept art like of the slimes and stuff they look so weird and like droopy and stuff um and then in game of course i also like the slimes uh i don't know if this was on the now non-existent recording or on this one, I really like slimes. I yeah, didn't know that's that. What I was, that's what I was going to say. Is like, I feel like I've heard you say you like slimes quite a few times today. You know what I'm going to say? And this is, is going to sound like, like a crazy proclamation. I think I love slimes as much as you love card games. I think you mean as much as I hate card games. Nope, that's not at all. That's not at all what I mean, considering <laughs> you love them. You admitted <laughs> last week on the podcast that they're probably your favorite game. Uh, I think yeah. I might be just making something up, but you maybe, definitely said you know. love them. I said, I said, yeah, maybe, but not, <laughs> not favorite kind of game. I don't know about that. I don't think I'm ready to take that step yet. Yeah, you're not, you're not that deep into it. Um, so I think it's about time we hop into our next one. We've got. <laughs> The Adventures of Breadman, a food-based action-adventure RPG. Explore a beautiful world full of fruits and vegetables on the adventure... What? On on an adventure for Uncover? Yep. For Uncover the Truth About Your Existence. Yeah, that's that's a pretty bad typo. (laughs) So, you play as a piece of bread. With a sword. With a sword. And a bow and arrow. But I haven't seen and at music. times a shield. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. This what game, a, what a world we live in, looks bad, especially <laughs> because of the monstrosity, the like horrid pizza. There's like the pizza that's a full piece of pizza with arms and legs, which I didn't know that I was terrified of pizza until today. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. <laughs> like, I will admit that I, I'm not a big fan of the art style to it because it just looks really clunky and very, uh, like, PS2, early PS3 era. Not, yeah, not the bread PS3, man looks like, like he's running on ice. 
all yeah. the time. Like yeah. you can, you, the collision detection is so bad looking. Like <laughs> he'll be running and it's like he's going half the speed. Like his legs are going twelve times the speed that he's actually running. It's clearly the Dark Souls of food-based video games. I mean, that's an incredibly interesting niche. I also hate the <laughs> fact that there's this, like, tomato enemy that has a weapon sealed to its arm, seemingly grafted to its arm, but for some reason also has a sword and shield. I don't know why. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, he's not using the sword and shield on his back. He's just using his tomato... His tomato arm sword, sword or whatever. <laughs> I don't know what he's using. Yeah, he looks crazy. All the enemies look so derpy. They just, they just look so weird. And I love the the gift, like the the still images of your actual bread guy's face. He just looks so like derpy. I don't know. It's so blank faced about everything. <laughs> I love the concept art for this, though. If the game looked a little bit more like the concept art, I think I would like it a lot more. Like, down on the Kickstarter page, it has their concept art. And I'm like, oh, this would actually... Like, from this art, seems like a really interesting concept. And then you see, in all actuality, it's fucking terrifying. I think this would have done a lot better as, like, a 2D game. Yeah, it would have been great as like 2D pixel art. It would look fantastic. The biggest surprise with this is there's a pledge for 20 uh no, $2,500. Somebody fucking backed it, dude. Damn. Somebody is going to give this guy $2,000. 2500 bucks. Is that for the Nintendo Switch stand looking thing cuz the Nintendo Switch stand looks actually pretty dope. It is um you get a digital high-res wallpapers so not A, you get multiple, um, <laughs> five digital games for the PC, Switch, Xbox, or PlayStation 4, access to the private backer Discord group, a digital art book, a name. Okay, there's a lot. You yeah, definitely Nintendo, get a lot. Yeah, one of them is a Nintendo Switch Breadman toaster skin, and it looks really funny. Like, it basically turns your Switch into a toaster. That's awesome. It looks, yeah, the, the design on this is actually really cool looking. And then they also have Joy-Con uh, covers that make it look like essentially toast. I really hate that I love that fucking, that strawberry plush. It looks so cute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, uh, all the I'd have to do is looks awesome. pay $75 for a game that I think looks atrocious and I could possibly get it if this person actually finishes this horrid game. Well, realistically, I don't think so because they're asking for $55,000. it has been about six days into the campaign. They've got 24 days left, and they currently only have $4,000. And 2500 of that was from a single person. <laughs> That's true. Well, all they need is a couple more people like that. How many backers do they have? They only have 66 backers. I kind of feel bad because this is an interesting game. But I feel like, yeah, like you said before, if this game was 2D, this art style would just be so much better. Like a 2D hand-drawn art style like uh, like Hollow Knight would be perfect. Speaking of Hollow Knight, guess what email I got today. That's right, Big Josh boy. I got an email from Fangamer telling me that my Hollow Knight collector's edition shipped out. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, man. What, a, what good news. I should be getting it on Friday. Wow, look at you. I'm very yeah. excited. I can I can only imagine. That's that's been so long. <laughs>
I've been waiting a while. Okay, so this is kind of a weird aside. I recently went into my local game store, and I was telling, um, I was asking the the um, guys that own the shop if they knew when Limited Run was going to release their Celeste Collector's Edition. And he was like, oh, I don't know. They just come when they come kind of a thing. And then I told him about the reason that they delayed by Celeste Collector's Edition. He was like, oh, because like they they want to make sure their whole thing at Limited Run is to make sure that, like, let's say you buy this game 10 years from now, everything is on the disc so that you can play it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? That makes sense. But what doesn't make sense is let's say that this is a Bloodstained-esque situation and <laughs> they put the this DLC on the disc they ship it out it turns out that now makes the game unstable and it cannot exist like this game just breaks apart they'll be fucked so I don't understand just give me my fucking game dude you'll never get it apparently not and no how no matter how much I talk shit about limited run on this freaking podcast which I actually love limited run games I I'm just I'm waiting I'm really waiting i was gonna say i'm patiently waiting but i'm not no, no, anymore you're not. not at all <laughs> it's been almost seven months give me my damn game <laughs> maybe one day so i think it's about time we segment oh dude whoa i just almost that? died yeah I that, that didn't water. sound good at all <laughs> time for what what's that was the driest my mouth has ever been <laughs> uh, it's been a while we've been recording for quite some time now yeah, I forgot that we did almost an hour before we restarted and then did an hour at an hour. Uh, now it's time we hop into the last segment of this podcast, which is our random question. This week, I want to ask you, are there any games that don't age well? So to preface this with a little bit of context, I'm not talking about graphics or gameplay. I'm talking about the content specifically being applicable in 2019. So it's mostly mostly due to social issues. So this is mm-hmm. where Scrubs comes up. Yep. I, when I was younger, absolutely adored Scrubs. I loved that TV show. But existing in 2019 with like the social parameters of our existence, uh, just basically like... I hate saying social justice because I'm not actually sure if it's kind of a derogatory term now. Um, but every like all these leaps and bounds mm-hmm. within social our social structure um, that it, this show does not age well. I can yeah. easily say that. Like there is an episode where, and I should like I should say to their point, this guy, the character, the Todd, is not meant to be liked. <laughs> Yeah. He is a detestable person. People yeah. hate him. But there is an episode where Elliot is bent down and Todd basically says something along the lines of like offering her to like give him head. And I was like, what? What just happened? Like, yeah. and that kind of <laughs> stuff happens in literally every episode. This is like this TV show just does not age well. It's kind of like the movie Waiting. That movie ages horribly literally because 90 percent of that movie is just dudes showing other dudes their balls like so that's kind of the stuff i wanted to ask you about are there and i wanted to know because i was thinking about it and i was like i actually don't think there are games that like that age poorly based on content Mm -hmm. until i really thought about it and i was like oh yeah there are so what do you think what what would be your games or what would you like to talk about with this topic 
So this is interesting. I tried to think about this, and nothing really came to mind at at uh, at first, and really even now, I to my knowledge, um, I can't really think of anything that makes me scream like, oh yeah, this definitely did not age well. But it, I think this was an interesting topic because I saw this uh, just yesterday on the docket, and I was actually rewatching Friends with my wife. And I, I ran into this, like the same kind of situation. So I thought it was very interesting because they have the same kind of concept where it was a different time, a different era. So there's different kinds of jokes. And there's this one part where Ross and uh, Chandler are going back and forth and they're like telling each other like secrets in front of Monica because of this whole big thing about blah, blah, blah. They shouldn't be telling, uh, like secrets and they're giving each other's away as kind of like a oh well you did this you did this kind of a thing yeah and when so Ross was... eats all the tacos and gets diarrhea yeah exactly <laughs> exactly so we watched that episode and we were like watching it it's kind of funny and then all of a sudden it goes to the one story where he's like he's like well actually Chandler kissed a guy and it just kept coming up and it was like well Chandler kissed a guy and it was like ha 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 and I was like hmm that wouldn't really work in this kind of day and age like I was yeah just... dude scrubs yeah. makes so many gay jokes yeah, like, it's it's really crazy to me because it was just, you know, that was, like, the social norm. That was, like, oh, that was a funny thing that people picked apart at. And it's, like, now it, you see it and you're, like, just, you, it's just a big, like, oof. It's, like, oh, uh, I don't know about that one. <laughs> like, Yeah, it's kind of cringeworthy. But it's a, good, it's a good, like, historical standpoint on, like, how things change, I guess, from a comedic standpoint and just in general, like, a society standpoint. Um, so it's really interesting and I'm sure there's a lot of good examples from games. I'm just not, uh, good at remembering them. So <laughs> I don't, I don't, um, yeah, I don't know. Although I'm <laughs> sure because like the whole point about video games in a lot of cases, like obviously there's many that are just for the gameplay, but a lot of them are really story driven, especially early on because you know, the, that was really where they could shine more than graphical interfaces. So I feel like there's got to be. There's just nothing really coming to mind. I don't know. Did you think of any when you uh, came up with the question? So some that I were thinking of, uh, that I have been thinking about, really, like, it's not that they didn't age well. It's just that they were never kind of okay. Um, one mm. being, like, the Postal series about that guy who uh, just goes on a rampage and you can yeah. use cats as silencers. You basically, like ram a gun up their butt and use them as silencers i don't think those have ever been good but i think i think it'll get so much worse the further we go like people will look back on those and just be like what or that like school shooter simulator that is never gonna be okay oh yeah like in no world or that rape game like there's just certain games that you're like but why though why'd you spend your time on that like of all things come on guys but the series that I can think of that I don't think will age well, so this isn't right now, I don't think it's age well, I don't think it will age well, is the Senran Kagura games that are, or like games like Galgun or like Panty Party, kind of like these weird, uh, just these weird like over-sexualized games. I don't feel like will age well. I'm not saying that they don't have a place. Um, I'm not saying they're bad or anything. I just think that they, like, in a couple years, when we look back on them, it'll seem a little weird that these existed. 
kind of yeah. a thing. Um, but I still think that they have a place. Like people enjoy these games. I've honestly thought about buying like Panty Party because that game was so <laughs> weird. Where you just play as like it's a it's like a third person shooter where you play as panties. Uh, Gal Gun has always seemed weird. Where you, it's like all about like shooting girls with your love. And I'm like, no, though I don't know. <laughs> Um, and then of course there's like the Sanran Kagura games, which one of them is all about like literally having, it's basically just a wet t-shirt contest of a video game. Like those are always kind of interesting. So I feel like those will not age well. Um, even though I will admit I've actually wanted to see what those games are like before I've wanted to buy them if they didn't cost so much because people actually really enjoy them and they're Mm. pretty highly sought after if they didn't cost so much, I would actually try them. Because they seem really interesting. Um, <laughs> let alone, I will buy Subverse when it comes to consoles. Because no, no, you will I need that game. <laughs> <laughs> no, you will not. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I know there's anything with a story that, that had something that was, you know, mildly uh, on the tiptoe of, or I guess on the tiptoe of not being the social norm kind of a thing, has the... Uh, the risk of running into not aging well um just nothing comes to mind specifically for me yeah yeah that's very true i feel like video games are kind of like this weird niche where if it's not outwardly offensive then people just don't notice it right kind of a thing like like postal the school shooter the rape game or whatever those are obviously meant to make you feel uncomfortable so people notice them but otherwise it's like not a big deal kind of a thing unless you know you're mowing down an airport in call of duty and then it's just a little crazy um but yeah that was a weird one (laughs) yeah that was interesting uh that is the end of this podcast thank you guys so much for listening make sure you check out our awesome merch pop over to parallaxmedia.one um you can then click on the merch tab it'll take you over to teespring or you could just go to teespring and search parallax media merch i believe or market um you could check out the ghost of vaughn shirt you can check out the it's a banger shirt or the parallax media shirt all awesome all you could choose in different colors they're unisex t-shirts i'm excited to buy mine um and you can follow the podcast on twitter at indiepod you can follow me on twitter at hide legion and you can follow josh at the underscore george 90 is there anything you wanted to say before we get off the podcast big josh boy no, I think we covered everything. Just uh, go out there and get some shirts, guys. I mean, some things we covered twice, so... I mean, yeah, I, I went on a whole rant about a bunch of stuff that no one will ever hear. That's very true. That's very true. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you buy some shirts, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys. <laughs>